0: On Second Shot, we tackle two new headlines every week to find out what kind of wisdom the world is dishing out today. And we want you to be a part of that. When you see a headline you want to take a second shot at, or if you're looking for advice or just want to tell us what you think of the show, email us at secondshotcastgmail.com. At If you like what you hear, rate us on iTunes. This helps us move up in the ratings so more people will see us. And if you want to hear more, subscribe to the show so that the new episodes will get straight to you every single Friday. We love you, thanks for listening, and enjoy. Heath Oaks is a millennial mogul whose ignorance on fire led him to fail his way to success. Jenny Onchando is an Emmy award-winning journalist whose sharp eye and biting wit have led to her storied career in television together they tackle today's headlines in a way only an odd couple with a dash of perfect opposite can so kick back relax and join the conversation this is second shot with your hosts heath and jenny
1: Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome in to Second Shot. I'm Jenny-Ann Chondo, and producer Matt is in the house today as well. Hello.
0: hello. Nice to be here. Nice to have you here as well.
1: Well, we're kind of, you know, easing our way back into the studio. For those of you who are watching the, uh, you know, video version, you're seeing it's just Matt and I very far apart, but now technically in the same building. Um, and, and what we wanted to do this week was, you know, we've been trying to focus on really just these service oriented episodes and getting you some valuable information we have some great contacts from all over the country with um, gosh information we think that could be really helpful right now so Heath is still at work I'm doing this as a solo episode with one of our guests that we've had in the last month we wanted to bring him back and do kind of a follow-up because we are talking about finances So the guy in the know today is Pete the Planner, and let me tell you, he has quite the resume. So Peter Dunn, Pete the Planner, is an award-winning comedian and financial mind. He's a USA Today columnist. He's got 10 different books. Um, Gosh, these are all over the place. They're in Barnes and Noble. He has a popular radio show and podcast, Pete the Planner Show. He's been on CNN, Fox News Channel, Fox Business, I have interviewed him multiple times, and he is one of my faves to bring on because he brings a practical approach. And when it comes to finances, I think that is, you know, it's kind of what we need right now. So welcome in Pete the Planner.
2: So is this my second shot because I've been on the show before, so <laughs> it it's is. my second. It's like very inception <laughs> for
1: me. Right? This is so your second shot. It's, it's your second shot because here's what we are trying to do. Um, Gosh, Pete, you gave some good info last time and I promised everybody, okay, we're going to have him back because we had so many more questions. And really, if you guys have not heard that first episode, you want to go back and re-listen um, to that episode and kind of get caught up to speed. But we talked a little bit about emergency funds. Here we are, couple months, going on month three into this pandemic, Pete. Is this the emergency that we use the fund for?
2: You know, when I was a kid, yeah, my my grandpa used to carry a $100 bill in in his wallet, and he had it in a secret compartment, and he would say, hey, you only use this in case of an emergency, and (laughs) well, Ginny, if you happen to have a secret $100 bill, this is probably the time for it. Um, The fact of the matter is, there are three groups of us today in, in America. There are people, this is group one, we'll call it, people who've been greatly impacted, by the economic times that we're all living. So lost your job, hours went down, so that's yeah. group one. Group two, you haven't been affected yet, but you don't have an emergency fund. Like if things go wrong, they're gonna go wrong fast and bad. And then there's group three, those are people whose income has not changed yet, they're not gonna be affected, and they have a full emergency fund. So I think as we have our entire conversation today, yes, this is an emergency for most people, you really do need to look through the lens of whatever group you're in.
1: Okay, sure. So, for example, if you don't have to use it, don't just go and spend a bunch of money because you're like, I still have my job. I'm going to go buy that extra thing with my emergency fund.
2: Yeah, I think, and and we're going to talk a lot about this, I think, today. I think we're about 60 to 75 days out from... What could be a wicked time? I I think July might be as nasty as March. Sorry, everyone. I know you are wanting to turn this off, but I think July could be scary. And the reason is because enhanced unemployment is going to run out. That's that $600 extra per week if you're unemployed. Uh-huh, right. The PPP, which is the Paycheck Protection Program, easy for me to say, <laughs> um, it, it will have uh, run its course. The eight weeks of income that it provided to people w- will be gone. And uh, if the slowing hasn't happened, if, if the virus hasn't slowed and the economy's not back open and there hasn't been another stimulus plan, I think that emergency fund you speak of will be needed for that time more than March.
1: Oh, gosh. Well, so so some people are hearing this and saying, Pete, I it know, feels pretty wretched right now. You know, you're thinking July is going to be worse. But what, what I'm hearing you say is that if, if you are still having income come in, be um, savvy and smart and, and, and um, prudent with the funds that you do have coming in.
2: Absolutely. The reality is, like, the shock has worn off. I, I, and, I, and I say that respectfully to, to even those people who the shock hasn't worn off yet. Right. But I, I know. March was March 16th. I, I will never forget March 16th. It was uh, I'm in central Indiana and I'm in my office here. And I remember that morning it was foggy. It was like the scene from a horror movie. But that was the day mm-hmm. that we all knew we were in trouble that moment has passed and we're in a period of people being more aware of what's going on trying to be more strategic and and so it, it's with that that I don't want people to get bored and Jenny I think that's what's happening right now I think okay. people are the shock is gone the panic is gone and people are like ah, I can handle this but they don't realize that times like July are on the horizon
1: okay so so what does that mean what should we do how do we prepare for <laughs> how do we prepare for July and how does somebody prepare for July if they if they don't have an emergency fund. I know, I mean, you and I have been doing interviews like this for years and you always say to have one, but you know, the truth is some people, you know, they haven't been able to carve that out.
2: It's 100% true. I think identifying which group you're in is the is is the okay. most important thing to do right now. You're either greatly affected, not affected yet, or won't be affected. And most people are in group 2. Just just so you know, most people are in group 2. So that is to say, only pay minimum on your debts right now. Don't aggressively try to get out of debt. Pay minimum on your debts and use the extra to build savings. You should have, and most people have, cut about $500 a month, 250 to 500, of expenses because their consumer habits have changed. They're not going out to eat, not driving in their cars, they're not really even shopping online that much. So you're gonna see just our natural habits will have helped us out a lot. And in the worst case scenario, if you have to tap your retirement accounts, part of the CARES Act allows you to do that. But to me, Jenny, that is the ultimate break glass in case of emergency. I I want the retirement account to be the absolute last thing you do.
1: Okay. Yeah, you say you're spending less, but see, in Indiana, I don't know if you guys have um, to-go margaritas like we do here in Texas. So our no, spending habits are still what they were. <laughs> they break into the budget
0: pretty quickly, I can tell you that much. Yeah. <laughs> they do.
2: <laughs> Jenny, you've lived here. You know that up until last year, you couldn't even buy beer on Sunday uh, in it. Indiana. So you know the answer to the question before
1: you ask Oh, it. man. So, so let's talk about this. People have been discussing um, refinancing student loans, things like that. What should you know if that's something you're considering with with interest rates right now?
2: All right. So I love this question because-
1: Thank you. You talk about
2: refinancing (laughs) student loans. You're thinking, all right, I'm going to do something smart. I'm going to be strategic like Jenny tells us to be. However, based on the CARES Act, there is student loan um, forbearance. There's the ability to put off your student loan payments until October if you have a federal student loan. If you refinance that federal student loan and make it private, that benefit goes away, right? So oh, as okay. we, yeah, yes. Can you imagine oh, that wow. you disqualify yourself from something just cause you're trying to be smart, but you didn't know. So we want to make sure that in these uncertain times, which we're all <laughs> sick of hearing, but in these uncertain <laughs> Let's say <it> times, again. <laughs> I know, but oh my gosh, it's like, we're in these uncertain times, buy a taco. It's like, what? I don't need a taco. Um, <laughs> Don't put yourself in, in more harm's way by going away from federal programs. Uh, and, and many people are learning that the hard way. They hear, hey, you don't have to make student loan payments. And then they have these private student loans. They're like, oops, I shouldn't have refinanced. So I don't think right now is the time to refinance student loan debt.
1: Is that something with your business? We haven't, we've we interviewed a lot, but not really talked much about your business. Um, if Is that something you consult clients on? Like, OK, hey, they're looking at the this loan situation. Is that within your scope of practice?
2: Yeah, think of it this way. Um, we like to, th- we're a group of people who loved story problems when you were in school. <laughs> you know, you get story problems in math class, and people are yes. like, that is sucks. And we're like, okay, make it harder. And so, whatever weird stuff you've got going on in your life, like, tell us all that, and we'll say, okay, this is the best option. So, the uglier the better, frankly, because um, there's just not a lot of resources for people that have very complex situations. Most of the financial world is, hey, I have a lot of money. What should I do with it? We're like, we don't care how much you have. What's your problem? Let's fix it.
1: Okay, good. Okay, you guys are going to have to t- hang tight till the end of the interview because I'm going to give you information on how to connect with Pete if that's, if that's you kind of saying, you know, help me sort through this. So with student loans, this also makes me think, and I didn't tell you I was going to ask you about this, but um, people with kids, you know, th- this is something Heath and I have talked about. You know, you think about, gosh, maybe we should start a college fund. And now we're like, wait, with what money? Um, is, what are your thoughts on on college funds? Do we start these things for kids at this point in time? Or does it depend on which of the three categories you're in?
2: Definitely depends on which of the three categories you're in. If you're in category three, which means you're stable and you have an emergency fund, it's business as usual. Right. And not, not to get super weird on here, any weirder than I normally get. Please but, go ahead. Uh, I think we're going, and I hate this, but we're going to see a further division in the wealth gap in our country because of this, because people who are in Group 3, whether it's because of good planning or because of luck, they're going to be able to take advantage of some things during these times. They're going to be able to pay down debt with confidence. They're going to be able to invest more in their retirement plan with confidence, whereas people who are in Group 1 or Group 2, who is the majority of the country, they got to play defense, like right. th- they have to look out for the monster around the corner. So, from a from a college planning for your kids standpoint, group three, yeah, have at it. Group one and two, it is way down the list because this is really about protecting yourself for the remainder of twenty twenty. You know, I have an eleven year old and eight year old. Like, mm-hmm. I, I cutest can't wait. kids in
1: America. Find them on Instagram. You guys follow oh, at Pete the Planner. So freaking very cute. loud. Look for the videos <laughs> in which they're not
2: talking. Um, but I'm excited for them to leave the house at some point. Uh, but, I, you know, if we were struggling, college planning is the last thing I would worry about right now.
1: Okay. I, I, hopefully, you guys, this gives you a little bit of a sigh of relief. And I'll tell you that um, knowing Pete for as long as I have, he's not an alarmist. So the things that, you know, I really, I really trust what he says. He's not an alarmist. And I, and I do appreciate, gosh, okay, if you're trying to just put on the food on the table, you know, we'll worry about education when the time comes. So I appreciate you saying that. Um, wh- let's talk about long-term financial implications uh, of all of this. I know this is broad and, um, you know, my gosh, news gets accused all the time of being too negative and, and being, you know, just really down on everything. But I would like to hear, uh, you know, a realist's opinion of what this is going to look like for all of us down the road.
2: I will, I do want to say one thing to your last point, And that's that sometimes in moments like this, we feel a lot of pressure, whether we created ourselves or externally that this will define our character. And it's like, you know Mm. what, relax. Uh, Just survive this and Mm -hmm. then focus on rebuilding. I think way too many people are putting pressure for this to be a personal growth moment. And I say that out of respect to people who love personal growth. (laughs) I think this is so out of left field, this entire moment that people are really putting way too much pressure on themselves. Long term, we're fine, everybody. I mean, and I don't say that dismissively of your feelings. Mm -hmm. The stock market, arguably is already almost fine, and it will be fine within a couple of years. The economy, which is different than the stock market, and it's going to take a couple of years, but long term, we're all going to be fine. It's just so hard, so intense, so unrelenting that it doesn't feel that way. But you know, when we look back on this in 20 years, it will be some awful, crazy memories. I don't think we'll have chuckles and laugh over, take out margaritas with it, but it'll be fine.
1: Yeah. Gosh. (gasps) Collective sigh of relief, everybody. Yeah. I mean, collective sigh of relief. When when we talk about retirement, we talked about this on the last segment, and I have to tell you, I got a lot of follow-up questions about this, Pete. People who... And this was... I mean, when we talked to Pete in that other episode, times felt different. I guess maybe I was still under the impression that this was going to be a quicker bounce back or that we were going to have a flattening of the curve much sooner than we've realized that we are having or or not having um okay if someone was planning to retire soon or say they just retired and they're watching that retirement kind of dwindle right now what's the advice for them
2: yeah you know i'm glad you brought this up because as i was actually talking to your friends at your old station this morning on tv
1: shout out to fox 59
2: and, and uh, you know, I started thinking about this. I started thinking about some of my earlier comments in March, uh, late March, early April, about people who just retired and people who are gonna retire this year and how it's ruined and it's terrible. <laughs> I, I don't wanna say I don't stand by those comments. I will just say this, that in March, I, I thought it was a 100% chance of disaster for those people. 100% chance. I think with a little bit of time, I'm willing to back off the 100%. Uh, I would say for people who just retired, I'm worried for 75% of those people. Okay. For people who want to retire this year, I just generally, and unless you have a pension, I don't think it makes a lot of sense because of the amount of unknown. I mean, True financial stability is flexibility. It's, it's mm-hmm. this idea that you can do this or that, it, you know at the drop of a dime. And, and for me to retire this year, especially in the next three or four months, would make not a lot of sense unless you have a pension.
1: Okay, so to stick it out, even if you kind of had it in your mind, like this is my year, I'm about done, you're saying try to stick it out for a little while longer if you can.
2: If you're a normal person, but again, if your company's laying people off. I mean, that's what's right. so crazy about this time is literally every variable is is chaotic. It's like, oh, my company's going of business and they're hiring, they're sending my job to Poland. And it's like, what is happening? So yeah, if those people, then you, you might have to retire. But if you're just a run-of-the-mill job, you don't have a pension, you thought about retiring in June, I probably wouldn't.
1: Okay, okay, got it. Message received on that one. Is this the time when we kind of humble ourselves, Pete, and do the thing we thought we wouldn't do to get food on the table? Um, the job that we thought was... Uh, I don't know, for lack of a better term, beneath us or outside of our scope of practice?
2: Yeah, it's, a, it's interesting, right? Because I, I think humility is part of this, but I think it's humility in habits more than it is in work, right? Okay. And we've turned it into a convenience culture. Yeah, uh, and sure. And if my daughter is soccer and my son has basketball and I don't plan and have time to make the meal, me or Mrs. Planner, then we will... Spend money to save time, and, and that's that's convenience. The whole concept of convenience is exchanging money for time. I think humility in 2020, as it comes to this, is understanding how often we all use convenience and buy convenience. That's where habits are going to change. I mean, even, um, I'm trying to be very cautious here. Uh, t- food delivery services that are national. <laughs> Okay, like, you know what I mean. Yeah, you know, no, I mean? oh, oh
1: never me, never have ordered those. I make a home cooked meal every night. Pete the Planner. <laughs> yes, I do know just, what you're talking about. Let's
2: just say I know a lot of drivers' names, and they, you know, <laughs> those sorts of services. um They came out of the gig economy. Gig economy grew up in 2009. There weren't a lot of jobs. People were hustling, and so, but they they usually hustle because they. They appropriate, appropriately take advantage of someone's willingness to purchase convenience. Right. Okay? I think that's what changes. I think people are going to say, you know what? I'm going to mow my own grass. I'm going to clean my own house. And I, I know some of these things seem a little bougie, but I'm being honest in the sense that everyone has their version of this, whether it's right, carry out or house cleaning.
1: Right. No, that's, that's so true. And I know that we've definitely made some adjustments on that end, you know, or just where I'm thinking, I'm just thinking more about it. I'm thinking more about it. It's, it's a weird thing though, Pete, because, um, the, the message too, from like the restaurant industry and stuff is support us, buy our gift cards, do our takeout, support our drivers, you know, and it's almost like this thing where you feel like, oh, you know, Am I, if I'm making my own food, am I not supporting, you know, the restaurant industry and, and that sort of thing? There's very much that messaging and you want to support your favorites and have them go back to work. But of course, we have to kind of think about our own finances in that realm as well.
2: You do. And I think about that question a lot. I, mean, I think at lunch today, Mrs. Planner and I talked about that. But the idea is that you're going to pick up the food. It's not that you pay a third party right. to take some of the proceeds from that company and then even pay more for it. It's sacrifice some of your convenience and leave your house for a 29-minute journey and bring back your margarita. I, I think <laughs> that's the happy. Fine.
1: Meal. <laughs> Fine, Pete. I, I do. I, I really hear what you're saying. And what Heath and I have noticed, too, is we do, ha- we do have more time for those things because, let's be honest, we're not going anywhere. I mean, here in Texas, a lot of things are starting to open up. Um, but then there's also a messaging about eh, they may be open, but we w- maybe should not be <laughs> going there because um, we're trying to just keep this thing from spreading. So we're, we're still kind of just only going out for essential things, too. But we do have a little bit more time to cook at home or to go out and pick up the thing. Matt, have you noticed you guys um, making adjustments in that way?
0: Yeah, convenience I mean, things. I, I think it's been um, a little bit of necessity and a little bit of just uh, um, because I'm running out of freezer space. Honestly, we. It, oh, he's the on one normal, hoarding the meat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I know on a normal on a normal night, uh, it would have been like fifty fifty whether or not we ate at home or went out and got something. And now it's more like it's a treat once a week or something like that when we will go and try to try to go to one of our favorite places and bring it home or last week we went to my wife's favorite sushi place i did not partake as everyone oh on my gosh show because knows. he can't even handle a california <laughs> roll you guys he is really weak um but we went there and we just parked in the parking lot and popped open the back of the of the car and yeah. like, like tailgated basically where she had sushi and i had something else. Um, but it got us out of the house for a little bit, and so, but yeah, I mean, we we have food at home, we uh, we have freezer space that we need to free up. So it was like we we ought to just do this, and um, and it has saved us money, and and it has been a nice thing even when we haven't really felt like doing it.
1: Hey, the wine's cheaper at home too.
0: That's true. There's you a know? lot. Yeah, i kind of running through my stock of of stuff that I have saved up.
1: I know. Yeah, we have to. We're kind of to the stuff where like it was. We, we only bought it for the label, and it was not, um, you know, recommended. But I right. thought it was cute, and it doesn't taste great. But we're drinking it anyway, <laughs> because because I feel like that's what the savvy consumer does in 2020. Is there any one best practice, Pete, that everybody should be thinking of or doing or or being mindful of right now in in terms of their finances?
2: A couple of things. I think people should map out the next 90 days. Okay. in, in you know, when I say that, Jenny, the first thing that will pop into everyone's mind is we don't know what's going right. to happen. How do we do next it? Next we don't thing.
1: know if we're going to have jobs or if we're going to be getting unemployment.
2: But what I want people to do is I want them to take inventory of what they do know. Okay. What are our expenses? What is the income we think will be there? Because if if I'm right about July and boy, have I never wanted to be more wrong, uh by having a 90 day plan you can say okay look if something goes wrong in july how much money will i need to grab from savings so it's like a cash flow strategy and then the other side of this that i guess is best practices and it's something that again i've sort of fallen in love with again uh, i save money on a pretty regular basis but we found ourselves saving more money not out of fear but to bring us comfort and mm. and i think i think people can hang on to that it's like well what can we do well Save money, not out of fear, but out of comfort, comfort because you know you're doing everything you can, and and I think it works.
1: Yeah. Oh, wouldn't that? I I really, really love that point because anything we can do to kind of comfort ourselves, soothe ourselves in a healthy way, as opposed to going to some device, um, I really, really love that. Now, I want to, I want to wrap this up. We each week we do a question of the week, and Pete, are you cool with hanging around and answering our question of the week really quick?
2: Yeah, as long as it's like. When did you go bald? Is if that's the question of the week, I'm not going to answer. But I'll guys, answer anything else. He
1: is winning. He is saving so much money because he is not worried about when the salon opens up. Mm, I'm he is, every Sunday night. A bit. Yeah. Oh, Matt, have you still not gotten a haircut?
0: I haven't. Me no, neither. No, I haven't. Roots for days, everybody. Uh, it's getting it's going to be about time where I'm either going to have to make that uh, make that difficult Sophie's choice of uh, <laughs> do I get it cut at home or do I try to get an appointment? I um, think
1: your wife would do a great job.
0: Uh, you know what? I'm going to hold it up a little,
1: <laughs> on, a little longer. So the question of the week is this. What would you do if you could not fail? What would you do if you could not fail? This could be a family thing. It could be a project. It could be a career thing. It could be whatever it is. What would you do if you could not fail? For me, I'm going to go out on a really personal one. I don't know. I don't know if I no. want to say this. But I'm going to say it anyway, because I just said, I don't know if I want to say this. I think I would say um, we would have another child. I think we would. Right now, we're really struggling to balance everything just with the, you know, um, Brighton's school is, you know, she, she had two amazing schools. And we got had a whole plan, a whole system and a way for us to work. And um, her school's being closed down and, and you know. It's just us here in Dallas. It's just Heath and I. So I think I would do that. But right now, I feel like it would not be, you know, I, I don't know how we would work it. So I would say if I knew we could not fail, if I knew we could really provide everything that that child would need in terms of just like attention and love and all the things, I think we would do that. Um, and then there's, I don't know, there's some work things. Maybe I'd open my own production studio or something like that.
0: Oh, I like that.
1: Um, wouldn't that be fun? Yeah. Wouldn't
0: yeah, that be fun? I think fun? that'd be a lot of fun.
1: What about you, Matt? What would you do?
0: Um, yeah, I mean, like you said, I think work stuff is the first thing that comes to mind. But for me... Um, uh, I, I would probably do something that that really scares me, um, because I think that's probably the underlying thing is that I'm afraid oh, something's yeah. gonna go wrong, right? Exactly. So, so what's the thing? Um, probably just something uh, I don't know, way out of my comfort zone, like skydiving or something weird, okay. like, something like that. Like that, I'm I'm so afraid of heights. I'm. I'm uh, legitimately, I mean, I mean, uh, realistically afraid of falling out of a plane. Um, so, like, that all makes sense. But I think there's somewhere inside of me that I'm like, oh, what if something goes wrong? Right. Like, that's why. Because I know people do it, and everything's fine, and everybody, everybody loves it. Um, but, yeah, I think if I knew that absolutely there was no chance of me even, like, rolling my ankle whenever I landed on the ground, <laughs> um, I would try something like that just to kind of get over that hump and and know what it felt like and then maybe be more comfortable um to do that in the future um because yeah there, there's stuff that I think I would like to do like that that I just that fear kind of still holds me back a little bit.
1: Facing fears are confidence builders you guys yes. I'm not saying you have to jump out of a plane but if I can tell you one thing getting over those little hurdles it is such a confidence builder okay Pete what do you think what what is what is the thing you would do if you could not fail?
2: You know what I what I hate about this question is <laughs> a lot of times the answer is yeah, you should go ahead and do it, right? Yes, and so that's the thing. Um, yeah, it is the thing. Uh, my my wife is a marathoner. Uh, she she runs competitively in Boston, New York, and these sorts of things.
1: Freaking missin's planner, just showing us all up all the time. <sighs> I know. <So>
2: obnoxious. <laughs> uh, and, and I was a former athlete, but I, I don't I mean, I run with her for like a mile and then she run five more at two minutes faster <laughs> pace. But I think I would legitimately try to run a marathon for the first time if I knew I wasn't going to hate life for several days afterwards and then Mm. fail in the process. I honestly, that's the top of my list, but please do not tell her this, Jenny.
1: Oh, but I'm, but I might be able to, I I know your assistant, I know your assistant, I know your children. I have access to Mrs. Planner and I think that would be such, here's the thing. Why not train for it right now? What else have you got to do aside from answer all my questions <laughs> and be oh, on every I media know. outlet in America? What else have you got to do right now except for train for that um, marathon? Do I gotta you like run I it
2: t- with a mask, and my breath stinks. Oh, like I've got a that. lot of excuses. If you're out, that.
1: that's a great excuse. See, that's the thing, Pete. You don't have to wear the mask when you're running outside by yourself. Oh. It could be like I <laughs> do not be that about guy <laughs> on the
0: show where they just ran the marathon in his apartment. You know.
1: Yes. Just, we had a story about a guy. This was in Wuhan. This was at the very beginning of the pandemic. Yeah. This guy ran a marathon from his apartment, Pete. So what do you say to that? Because you're allowed to leave your house now. Sorry,
2: Pete. <laughs> my my office studio here would smell worse than it already does from sitting in here 14 hours a day if I did that.
1: Oh, my gosh. Okay, Pete, you have been absolutely phenomenal. I love your advice. Um, I know I teased earlier that we would let people know at the end of the show You know, if they were interested in connecting with you or working with you or. You know, working with your business that you would let them know. So give them the goods. How can they find you?
2: Yeah, you can just go to petetheplanner.com. There's a ton of free resources on there. Our service that problem solves for people is called Hay Money. So you can see more about Hay Money at petetheplanner.com. And, uh, I love, always love seeing you, Jenny. I told my daughter before I came in here, I was gonna be seeing you and she she still remembers you and is, was glad that I was spending time with you today. Oh,
1: I love it to all, I say hello. I hate that we have these circumstances that we're doing this chat, but we're gonna do it on the other end too when we're all building back up our funds and we're all you know, rocking and rolling again. Pete the Planner, thank you so much. Okay, Matt, every, give everybody a shout out. Where can they find you?
0: You can find me at Matt Stoker one on Instagram. And also, I'll just go ahead and say it. I've been teasing this announcement for two weeks now. And? And I want you all to go. The promo is out right now. Go on to whatever podcast platform you're using right now. Search for True Crime Reporter. You'll find it there. Uh, There is a short, about two-minute tease that I put together. But the episodes will be coming out soon. It's a fascinating story about the justice system here in Texas. You won't believe it. Um, Even folks who lived through it probably won't believe it. So uh, go check it out. It's a little passion project I've got going on, and I think you'll love it.
1: Everybody loves true crime. Go, Matt. Go, Matt. Go. I picked a good one here. (laughs) Okay, everybody. I would love to connect with you on the Second Shot Instagram page, Instagram.com slash SecondShotPodcast. We also have a private Facebook group just for our listeners, Facebook.com slash groups slash SecondShot. And you know, we put this out here for free. We we are doing this episode ad free for you as well. Um, And all we ask in return is that if you think it could help anybody that you share it with them, share it on Facebook, share it on Instagram and or leave us a review. You can do that on uh, iTunes, screenshot it, send it to me and I will share it to my audience as well. We are so, so thankful for you and we look forward to seeing you on the next second shot.